Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Being You. Today, we're going to dive into a pretty heavy topic, um, but I think that it is something that's so important for us to examine and come back to in our journey of becoming like Jesus. We're going to be talking about emotional pain and wounding. And I just want to say up front that um, everybody has pain. Everybody. And what we're going to do to kind of begin today is is really look at the different ways that people handle the pain that they have. But I need you to understand that no one is on the face of this earth that has not suffered in some capacity unless they're small children. Uh, A mentor said to me recently, suffering is part of the human experience. Everybody will experience it one way or another. And I just thought that was really profound and very true. I think a lot of us want to hope that we can live this life unscathed and uh, and unfamiliar with suffering. But uh, that's not the way that it works. And um, and so what do we do? What do we do with that suffering? What do we do with that pain? And how do we move forward into the likeness of Christ when we've got these places of pain in our life? I think that um, what happens is when we experience pain, we take one of three approaches to it. So we could begin with childhood pain, but we could even go into things in adulthood when friends, you know, friends as adults is a tricky, challenging topic. It's a it's a hard thing to do to have friends as an adult. And uh, that can cause you pain. Um, family members, family dynamics, man, you name it. It's tricky, right? You get it. You get it. You got your own pain, you know. But there's three approaches that we have. And the first one is some people just choose to avoid it. They just like it it goes in the closet and out of sight, out of mind. Right. They've learned to sort of live in this state of avoidance where um, as long as I don't have to know that it's there, it doesn't bother me. These people are really good at compartmentalizing, compartmentalizing. Um, They're really good at out of sight, out of mind, sweeping things under the rug. They want to avoid conflict at all costs. And they sort of, in a sense, don't don't take this the wrong way if this is you, but there's sort of a little bit of disassociation that happens where it's like they sort of, you know, take the pain and separate themselves from it as though it didn't happen to them. Um, And that sort of helps them move forward, even though the pain is often unaddressed. The second category of people are those who overemphasize their pain. They let it define everything of who they are. They live by it. They think about it all the time. It's never not present in their mind. This is also a a very challenging um, approach. You know, for these people, sometimes they feel like they can't have a conflict unless they bring up the pain that you've done in the past. 
So uh, these people, it's like, you know, you might be having five great years with your spouse, but the previous two were were not great, right? Lots of disagreement. And so the five great years are sort of um, irrelevant when an argument comes up because these people need to go back to those two bad years and have that rehashed to be able to move forward. It sort of defines who they are. And there's a really slippery slope in this where your identity becomes the victim of that pain, um, which has tremendous negative influences in your future. Because if you begin to see yourself like that, you actually begin to see other people as the perpetrator of your pain. It sort of becomes a vicious, repetitive cycle. In a lot of ways, it's just as dangerous as cramming the pain in the closet and pretending that it's not there. And the third approach, which perhaps is the best alternative, although all of them are unfortunate, because pain is unfortunate, the third approach is to accept it, to somehow accept what was and find a way to move forward. I recently saw this quote on Instagram that I thought was really poignant and beautiful, and uh, I don't know who wrote it, but what it said was, at some point we have to let go of what we wished our life would be and accept the beauty that is in it now. And for those of you that are listening that are dreamers, that's really, really hard. For those of you that are future thinkers that like to plan, it's very difficult to let go of what you hoped would be and just accept what is. But when we're talking about our our pain, our emotional challenges, our wounding, a lot of times that has to be present for us to move forward. We have to come to a place of accepting that it did happen and somehow charging forward anyway, moving forward without it being on our back, without it being sort of the the devil on our shoulder kind of thing. I titled this podcast, If These Wounds Could Talk, being cheeky for the If These Walls Could Talk, because so much of our pain comes from these private moments that really, if we talked about it, we would be slandering someone we deeply care about, right? When you have childhood pain, this is really difficult. You want to talk about it, but at the same time, you know it makes your parents look bad. If you're married, when you've got stress in your marriage, it's like you want to talk about it, but you also know it's going to make your spouse look bad. It's a challenging situation. But I think it's important for you to hear me say that God understands that your wounds want a voice. They not only need a voice, but they want a voice. And one of the ways we can tell how we are healing is in direct relationship to what our wounds are saying. Now, you might be saying, well, my wounding isn't talking. Well, it is, because when you go back to that place of feeling frustrated or hurt or, um, you know, you're remembering that situation. It's sort of like if, if you're paying attention, you can almost tell that what you're saying is coming from a different source than your right mind. I'm not saying it's demonic. That's not what I mean at all. I mean that it's, it's coming out of the fractured moment of your pain. More often than not, our pain is is causing us to look for self-protection, right? When, when we're hurt by someone, we find it very difficult to uh, let our guard down around them again because, as you guessed it, we don't want to be hurt again. You can experience hypervigilant behavior where you're strategizing nine or ten different ways that this person could potentially hurt you in the future and then, you know, trying to avoid all of those at all costs. Our wounds 
want to talk. Biblically speaking, I believe this is why the Lord asks us to lament. Our God, who is hopeful and joyful and good, has a whole chapter in his book called Lamentations. Multiple times, especially through the Old Testament, there's this idea of the wailing women. It was like a job. Uh, in the New Testament, even, when Jesus goes to heal uh, Jairus' daughter, you know, and, and they shoo all the people out. Well, the, the wailing people were laughing at Jesus. Now, if you're actually in the throes of weeping, you can't just turn around and start laughing. It was actually talking to some of the wailing women whose job was to come and cry over the painful thing, essentially creating an atmosphere of sadness to help the people grieve. In the Old Testament, you can see scriptures like, call the women, the wailing women to mourn. Uh, it was a thing. Lamentations is a thing. Lamenting is a thing to the Lord where we are, are, are asked by God to give our wounding a voice so that we can accept what is and move forward. As long as we are not able to vocalize our pain, we're going to have a very hard time moving forward. Because if it is a big deal, if it really did mark you, if it, if it really affected you, then it did affect you. I could say all day long, the future picture of my life when I was a 16-year-old girl was free of a lot of the pain that I've experienced. But that's not what actually happened, right? So if I'm going to move forward, I have to accept what was. I have to make peace with what ended up happening despite my best efforts, despite all the ways I didn't want it to happen, despite my heart of hearts. Our wounds want a voice. When we listen to what our wounds have to say, we give an opportunity to discern where we are in the healing process. I know this maybe sounds too abstract, but when I listen to what my wounds would say 10 years ago, uh, the ones that I've been actively healing, there was so much pain. There was so much shock. There was so much um, frustration. There was so much just like disbelief that that was happening. When those same wounds speak today, I speak from a different place, a place that's been dramatically healed, but is also still being healed. I had a situation this year that that um, came up and I was having a conversation with my husband and this particular thing happened about 15 years ago. OK, so we're talking about something a long, long time ago. And it was very difficult. It was very marking. It affected my life dramatically in ways that I um had hoped I would never experience. And in this situation, uh, as the years have gone on, I've received a tremendous amount of healing. But I'm not fully healed if I'm just being completely transparent with you. And you know how I know? Because the wounding has been talking lately. The wounding has been speaking to me in my head, right? A lot of fear, a lot of anxiety. The wounding has been talking when I talk about that fear with my husband and, the, and, and, and I came to a point where I, I found myself almost screaming, almost screaming in this like shaking frustration. And, you know, on one hand, I could say, well, I'm embarrassed to admit that. But I think for the point of, of explaining the healing process, I think it's important that I'm honest with you. While I was saying, voicing this, this pain... I also was thinking in my spirit simultaneously, wow, 
I need healing. (laughs) Wow, this is not how I envisioned this going. I thought maybe I might be farther along the healing journey than this. And what I know to be true is that although I have experienced an unbelievable amount of healing, God is inviting me to pull the roots out. He's inviting me to take it even deeper. He's inviting me to to really deal very, very deeply and once and for all with this thing. And so as I'm listening to the wounding speaking through me, previously, several years ago, I might have just said, this is me. But what I know to be true now is that's not me. I am a gracious person. I'm a forgiving person. I'm a merciful person. So when the opposite of mercy is speaking out of me, then I know that that wound needs to be healed. It's an indicator to me that it's time. The problem is in long-term relationships, especially family dynamics, we, we are around the family, right? And so when we get around the family, it trudges up. It drudges up all of this prior stuff. That's what I'm talking about. I want to be clear. Demonic things can speak through you, and that's not what we're talking about today. This is not what, what this is. When we're talking about speaking out of our pain, that is a different situation than speaking out of uh, something that's demonic. When, when we speak out of our pain, it's usually hopeless, it's usually just um, like very, uh, um, very hopeless is really the only word I can think to say because it doesn't believe that there's another option out there. But when you and I step back into our spirit, we go, wait a second. No, that's not that's not true. Right. That's not the reality of the gospel. So that means that this place in me has not come in line with the Holy Spirit. And then that becomes our invitation. That becomes the drawing of the Lord to say, look, come to me and let me heal you. Let me heal you. Sometimes our wounding is so loud it wants to scream through us. Sometimes it's just a whisper. Sometimes it's just a thought in our mind. But I want to encourage you, if your wounds are talking to you, let it be a sign, an invitation to let the Holy Spirit heal you. Look, I'm telling you, friends, you cannot be everything God wants you to become with a a truckload of baggage attached to your soul. You just can't. You're never going to be able to receive the freedom he has from you as long as you're avoiding all of the pain. You're not going to be able to rest in the peace and joy of Christ as long as, as you see yourself as a victim of all of the pain. The best thing you can do is meet him in it. Imagine just for a moment, this woman at the well and Jesus begins to bring up her most horrific pain, the rejections, the abandonment. I mean, this was not some trite, like, you know, this woman who was a socialite butterfly who was going from house to house, like as if she was in charge. No, she was being rejected by these men. Imagine the trauma that she lived in. And Jesus brings it up. (laughs) It's like, wait a second, Lord, I don't want to admit that. I don't want to acknowledge that. And he brings it up. And you know why? Because he invites her to drink from his water. He invites her to come and experience something unlike she ever thought possible. When your wounding is speaking, that is the invitation that is being laid out for you. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened. And I will give you rest. I will give you rest. 
that you don't have to carry the burden of your pain anymore, that you don't have to carry the sting of that pain anymore, that you don't have to live under the oppression of that anymore, that you can come to me and I will give you something that actually does satisfy. When your wounding is talking, you're being invited into a series of revelations and healing room moments with the Holy Spirit. And it's going to take guts for you to obey and go with him. You're going to have to look at the pain. You can't avoid it. You're going to have to acknowledge it. You're going to have to give it a voice for a minute. Because that's what lament is. Give it a voice and let Jesus heal. So let's just talk for a minute, just for a few more moments of our time together. Let's talk about some of the ways that God heals, some of the things that that are going to happen when God is healing your emotional self, your, your pain, your soul. The first one is that you need to expect God to uproot the pain in layers. You, you just are going to have to. If, the, if we're talking about something that has marked you, something that has, has changed you, something that was a big deal. I'm not talking about, you know, you wanted to bring the pie to Thanksgiving dinner and your mother-in-law bought a pie. And, um, you know, in the big scheme of things, it's just a pie, right? I'm talking about something that you can't just move past, something that stays with you. You need to expect God to heal it in layers. I love the analogy that our life with Jesus is like a spiral staircase moving up and our life is the center of that staircase. So as we ascend further into his glory and into his presence, as we go through the sanctification process, we are actually going to revisit the same places of pain. But when we do, it's from a higher perspective. It's from a more mature angle, at least it's supposed to be. So we have to expect God to heal us in layers. He will speak what needs to be spoken right now, and he will continue to speak until he's ready to remove the whole thing. That might take a few months. It might take a few years. It kind of depends on the dynamics and the nuances of that situation. So number one, you're going to expect God to deal with uh, your healing in layers. And, And so that needs to be said because sometimes we experience a little bit of healing And then um, we realize there's still some there and we kind of dismiss what already has happened. But look, you're going to realize there's more that needs to be had. And um, that should be something that continues to draw you toward Jesus to get more healing, not be frustrated with him that he didn't do it all in one setting. The number two, the, the goal, our goal in emotional healing is to be free of the pain. It's actually um, to be unaffected by that previous pain. Not because we're in denial, not because we're avoiding it, but because we've accepted it, it has been healed and we're, we're moving on. This is really significant because sometimes we feel like um, the goal is to experience a little bit of relief and then we don't continue forward in the way that God wants us to. And uh, that's important that we, that we don't stop short, you know, because he wants to heal you in layers. So if you only take the first two layers and then just sort of tap out, well, you're going to miss what God is really trying to do. The third thing, when you begin this healing process, you're going to have to guard yourself. You're going to have to guard your healings. Proverbs tells us that we need to guard our heart for it's the wellspring of life. So when you're experiencing healing happening in a particular relationship, you, you need to guard that relationship. Don't allow yourself to talk to people about that person who don't like them, right? Because it's going to draw you back into a place of pain. Don't be stalking their social media looking for, you know, little 
um, things they might have said about you, that just reopens the door. You have to guard your heart when God is healing you. Think about it like a surgery, right? Sometimes there's additional surgeries that need to be ha- had to, to make the body right again. And then we have to guard it from infection because it's an open wound. It's, it's in the healing process and it's, it's vulnerable. So we're going to expect God to heal us in layers. We're going to to have our goal that we are completely healed, that we are completely unaffected. And we're going to continue to allow his healing until that happens. And we're going to guard our heart in the process. We're going to have good boundaries about that. Uh, On my social media, I've been talking about boundaries a lot because it's so important, especially in the holidays. So many people have challenging dynamics in their family. And boundaries are one of the best things that you can do. But I'll just remind you that a good boundary is about your behavior, not about theirs. You can't dictate how someone will treat you. I mean, you can make requests, but you can't make them treat you differently, you know? And so what you can do is say, this is what I'm going to do in this situation. My husband and I, we have a a hot topic in our marriage, as all marriages do. And when this gets talked about nine times out of nine, (laughs) let's just say 10 out of 10, it it always ends in an argument one way or another. Maybe like five unicorn mystical moments where it hasn't in our 17 years. Um, And so we've had to set a boundary of saying, look, we're not going to talk about this in any type of a heated way. So I said, I, 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 I'm going to remove myself from the conversation if you or I begin to raise our voice about this because I don't want to be like this in this situation. I don't want this pattern to continue. And so this is the boundary that we're setting that we're not going to speak about it unless we can do it from a, a place of, of connection and um, humility and kindness, right? Uh, that is an example of a boundary. I'm not telling him that he has to speak, you know, in a certain way. What I'm saying is if you speak in a different way, here's what I'm going to do. Now, I know you might listen to this and say, uh, that's a little bit like, you know, tomato, tomato. And to some degree it is, but your goal is not in changing them. Your goal is in you. So the last thing we're going to do, and this goes along with how we, we guard and protect ourselves, but we're going to renew our mind We're going to take our thoughts captive and we're going to speak the truth. You need one person in your life, at least, that you can be brutally honest with. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe you need to hire somebody like a therapist. Maybe it's a pastor, somebody that you can feel um, the freedom to be truly honest so that you can give your wounding a voice so that it can come and be healed. If these wounds could talk, they would say to you, I want to be healed. I want Jesus to come and heal this place so that you are no longer tormented and afflicted by this pain. That's the goal. No one is escaping this. All of us are working on this if we're not avoiding it, if we're not embracing it as part of our identity. We're all working on it. If your wounds could talk, what would they say? What would they say to you? How would they want to be healed? If this is bringing something up in you, I just want to say that that's okay. I know it's painful, but it's okay to experience that pain for a moment. Suffering is part of the human experience, but you are being invited to come to Jesus. So I just want to end our time together just with a prayer of healing for anybody that's feeling a little bit triggered, feeling a little bit on edge, um, or maybe even a lot on edge. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you as the healer of our hearts. 
We acknowledge you as the Spirit of God wanting and desiring to complete the work of Christ in our life. And so we welcome your healing right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray over my friend, over this listener, that their pain would be healed in Jesus' name, that you would set them on a path of perpetual healing until it is completely unable to affect them in their future. Father, we go to those place of woundings and in the shadows of their soul, and we ask that you would shine the light in there, that your truth would set them free. Father, we pray that any place where the demonic has become attached to these woundings, that you would root that out in the name of Jesus, that you would de- um, demolish the strongholds that have been set there and vanquish the kingdom of darkness in that wound so that you can bring healing and order to their soul. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we declare a full and complete healing over every place of pain. Father, we pray for an easeability to be able to step into your forgiveness and your mercy. And Lord, more than anything, we're asking for genuine connection with you over this issue in the places where they feel discouraged, disillusioned, maybe even abandoned by you in this pain. Father, I pray right now that you would bring reconciliation between your child and yourself, that there would be uh, uh, that the sting of the pain would be gone right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I bless you, my friend, to step into the full healing that God has for you and to not give up until you do. Until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.